name is Renee Burke and I'm a speech and language pathologist. Um, I work with the special ed population. I call them the special special ed population. Um, the kids I typically work with have moderate to severe to profound needs. Most of my kids are nonverbal. Um, they have autism, uh, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, and autism combined, um, Down syndrome, and various other cognitive deficits. Um, so it's often extremely challenging to work with these students. They hit, bite, kick, scratch, got scars to prove it. Um, so every day presents its own set of challenges. Um, you're constantly reaching down deep inside and saying, please just give me the patience to work with these kids. It's not their fault. Um, there's something bigger going on in their bodies that they don't have control over. And it can be hard um, when a kid has got his fingers clenched into your arms or has, you know, clocked you one across the side of the face, which does happen. Um, but you just have to keep remembering that you, I'm doing work for the, for the greater good and I was brought to these kids for a reason. And every once in a while, all of your work pays off and something amazing happens. Um, I had a student actually a few weeks ago who was in an inclusion classroom. Um, so our kids are in a self-contained classroom in a regular ed building. And we try to let them be included with their same age peers for certain periods during the day. And we have one period called skill surfing. Um, and this is where they go into like their third, fourth, fifth grade class and they talk about, um, they might talk about bullying or they might talk about um, how to be good friends and they might talk about internet safety. Well, this particular day they were talking about bullying and the teacher gave a scenario about, you know, kids calling their names on the playground and asked for somebody to raise their hand and express how that would make you feel. Well, one of my students was in their classroom and he doesn't speak, but he has a device that has pictures on it and he presses the pictures. It says whatever picture that's on there. And usually our kids are in there just to be in there and to be around the kids who are of their same age. One of my kids raised his hand and the teacher was like kind of shocked and she called on him and he said sad. And after school serving was over, the teacher came running into the classroom and she's like, oh my gosh, you'll never guess what happened today. And I was like, what happened? He's like, we'll call him Tommy. Tommy raised his hand and pressed the button to say sad and that was the exact emotion that he should have said for the situation. And you're just doing such amazing work with this kid. And I was like, thanks, but it wasn't me. It was, it was Tommy, I wasn't even there. And I can tell you that we work on feelings all the time, and actually we're working on it today, and this same kid, I gave him a situation, and he couldn't do it. But I feel like in, when the kids are in inclusion, there's being so scrutinized by the teacher and the classmates, but God came down and gave this child the opportunity to show that he does know something to his teacher and to his peers, and they really do sort of see him differently now. I mean, I see them like, they know that he knows things, that he understands different things. And then they play with him a little bit more on the playground, and they encourage him more to use his talker. So it's really great. And it's, 
you know, I know it's not me. I know that I've been called to my career for a reason. I mean, I'm good with kids and, you know, I have good patience. Um, but you have to really be given the gifts from the Holy Spirit in order to be able to stick in day in, day out with special education because it's really such a challenge. So um, I've got tons of stories like that, but I know kind of don't want to bore you guys with too many of them. But um, does anybody have any questions? What tips do you have about patience? How does a person uh, get more patience? Um, really, I mean, what my mom always taught me was like, whenever you feel like you're going to lose it, just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with patience. And you just, I don't, that's just what you do. And you work on it, and you just, I just keep telling myself like, it's not personal, they're not lashing out against me, um, they can't help it. And sometimes some of my kids, when they do do something, that is hurtful. Like later in the day, they'll come up to you and give a gesture that lets you know that they're sorry. Like, they might come up and rub your face or rub your arm or something. They don't have the words to say that they're sorry, but you know that they are. And a lot of them just don't have like impulse control, so they really can't help themselves. But it's not it's not personal. And every time that happens, you just it helps you a little bit more to know that you're doing the right thing and that your patience pays off after time. And how do you think that this has affected you as a mother with your own daughter, Cloda? Well, I, I have a daughter who's 20 months old, um, and I think that's a blessing because she's kind of a bit of a rock star. I mean, she's probably one of the best kids you've ever met in your whole life. <laughs> um, and if I had to I come, agree, by the way. If I had to come home to a... I always say this. If I had to come home after my day to a kid who had special needs, I would have to quit my job. Because I have to have so much patience all day long that if Clodo wasn't as good as she is, it would be far more challenging. Um, but I think that having Clodo, I see how blessed that Sean and I are because, you know, there for the grace of God go I. I mean, she could have been born with any kinds of challenges, um, and we're so lucky that she isn't. And it, it helps me to see... The things that she does now, that I have 18, 19-year-olds on my caseload, they can't do it. And it just, it helps to put things in perspective that every little gain I can help these kids make, even though it might be little, is actually huge for them. So having her really helps me kind of keep that in perspective. Yes? So are you working with older children then? Um, I've been doing this for 10 years now, and I work, the school systems um, are from 3 to 22. If you're in special education, you're entitled now to an education until you're 22. And I have worked in buildings that are completely inclusive of that, so they have kids from 3 up to 22. Um, and I've worked in buildings where the kids are spread out into different ages. So this year, my oldest student is an eighth grader. Last year my oldest student was 22. So it just depends on where I'm working at the time, what school. Yep. 
I wanted to be, um, first I wanted to be a buyer because there was this amazing woman in my life who uh, was a buyer and I just wanted to be like her. Um, then I decided that my mom started working in a preschool and I always loved kids and I was babysitting since I was like 10 years old. And I was like, well, I'm going to be a preschool teacher. And then I had a cousin who had needed speech therapy. And when I went to go visit him, I would work with him. And I really, really liked it. And my mom said, you know you can do this for a job. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This isn't a job. This is fun. I mean, who could do this for a job? It's too much fun. And um, I was going into my freshman year in high school, actually. And uh, that's when I decided I was going to be a speech therapist. So high school was torture because I just wanted to get out and get to college so I could be a speech therapist. I went in, declared as my major, um, went to a small private school in California, and then went to graduate school in Rhode Island and moved to Chicago. And I've been on that track since I was 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm still doing it. Yes? More of a little bit of a drop back. When you have children with special needs, you might be able to just give me a little background. But number one, can parents greatly or assist you in raising the children? Or, you know, do parents simply drop the problem child with the need? And then my second part of the question, what happens to these kids after they leave school? Can some of them go into some sort of a halfway house existence, or are they always going to be a, a ward of the state situation? So the question was, um, you know, when these kids come to me during their school day, are their parents involved or not? And then what happens to them post-22 or post the educational school district? Um, it depends where you live, is the answer to the first question. Um, I first started working, and the families I worked with were amazing. Um, really involved in their students' lives, came to every, what they call an IEP meeting, an edu uh, individual education plan, so it's where we decide what those kids are going to work on for their school year, how are we going to help them accomplish their goals, um, how are we going to help them be better communicators, and essentially that's what a lot of my kids are working on, it's not actually talking, a lot of them won't ever be talkers, but how are they going to communicate their wants and needs to the, in the world. And another very well-to-do area, those parents are actually kind of a toss-up. Some of them are super involved. Some of them sort of have a sense of entitlement where they think like you're there to kind of do what they say and fix their kid and when they get home, when the student gets home, mom and dad really aren't that involved. Um, but a lot of my parents do come and say, hey, what can I do? The parents that I find to be the most gracious, if any of your help, are actually a lot of times the parents who are not from America. A lot of my parents who are from um, foreign countries, they just think you are, they, they see the work that you're doing and they know how blessed they are to have you, and they're continuously thanking you for the smallest thing you do for their child. Um, so the parents is kind of a mix. I worked in foster care, so they had no parent involvement. Um, so pretty much it was me, their teacher, their occupational therapist, and their physical therapist who are working to better them and to better their lives a little bit. Does that answer the first part of your question? 
Um, post um, post uh, secondary school, again, really, really depends. Some of the kids can go into group homes where they live with other like peers. Um, they go to day programs where they might be still just working on basically school stuff. Um, some of that's funded privately, some of it is funded by the government. Um, though those funds are being depleted and there's much less state payment for those things. Some of my kids will be able to go to workshops, um, especially some of my kids with autism. Like They're really good at, you teach them a job and they can do it. And they'll just keep doing those jobs all day long. Um, I've got a little guy right now who I'm pretty sure if he went to a piecemeal job, which means he gets paid per unit that he makes, he would probably be richer than me because he just is like, head down, can get his work done. Some of my other kids really have zero interest in doing work and they're just going to be at day programs or they're going to stay with their parents um, and then eventually a sibling. So it's just, it completely varies. There's no telling exactly what's going to happen. But unfortunately a lot of those work programs are being cut because the government doesn't have enough money to fund and staff them. So we're we're trying to come up with new plans, and some of the parents have started um, their own private organizations that employ their students. There's an ice skate rink where the kids come in. They're not kids anymore. I'm sorry, they're young adults because they're all post-22, but they come in and they sell all the snacks, and everything is labeled in a way that they can operate it pretty much independently um, with some what they call job coaches. So... Any other questions? Thank you.